Kyle Whittingham said the number one objective of spring ball is to get the quarterback room solidified. What did he mean by that? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown News your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Coach Witt, some of the comments he made about the quarterback room for the Utah football team. Also talking a little bit of media rights deal. It's been pretty quiet on that front, so is there a reason to concern? We'll hit on that in our second segment. But as I mentioned, we got to start with Kyle Whittingham because, look, every week when we get media availability, we get to talk to Coach Witt a little bit, and Coach Witt always... He doesn't ever say a ton, I'll say. He's never going to be the one to reveal the most stuff, right? But what he does say and just discuss is always very telling. Just like the fact that he admitted to us that the number one objective this spring is a direct quote from Coach Winningham to the media after Utah's Tuesday football practice of spring ball. He said the number one objective this spring is to get that solidified, that being the backup quarterback room, the quarterback battle, to get that solidified. And if not solidified, then a really good start on the fall. Which fits, right? We did, I, just, I have a very hard time believing that Utah is going to pencil in like this guy is our number two quarterback like for the first game of the season if Cam Rising is hurt. That's not going to be the case. Now, there will be a guy by the time spring ball rolls around who will be the leader in the clubhouse, but it's still going to be a fluid battle to me. That guy will still have the edge, but we won't see that separation in that or we'll see separation, but we we'll, won't see that battle resolved until fall camp, just like we did last year between Bryson Barnes and Jaquindon Jackson. It took time for this all to get situated and sorted out, and I don't think it's going to be any different this year. I just have a hard time believing that the quarter back quarterback battle is going to get set after a month of spring ball, and then basically from there for the next couple months and into fall camp, that won't change. I think there's still going to be a chance for whoever doesn't win that battle to be QB2 to make up the ground in fall camp and then to overtake whoever was the winner perceived winner of spring ball. Well, and we'll see if we even get to hear who the winner was, even because coach Witt said they are starting to see a little bit of separation, but nothing worth commenting about coach. We, we do. We know this is worth commenting about. We all want to hear what's going on in this room. That's the one thing I say. I mean, I, I understand from his perspective because we know like there's people like me who talk about this for 20 minutes, every five days a week. Right. So like, I'm the kind of person where it's like, yes, I'm going to overreact. And the title of my show will be so-and-so is in the lead of the backup quarterback battle. So it's very smart of him to withhold this information, but dang it. If I wish he wouldn't just tell us who is the guy with the lead, because that's the kind of information that we're all talking about trying to figure out. And it's, it's it. He said, it's his number one objective. I said, my biggest question for the Utah football team is the left tackle spot. That seems at the moment to be Satao Laumeas to lose. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more tomorrow with Jake Hatch but either way I just think that is something that um for overall what we're what a lot of people are more curious about and I will say the thing I am curious about as much as I love offensive line play is I'm very still curious about like okay if Cam's not ready to go by game one who's going to be the start who's going to be the starter and I think that's what the coaches are still trying to figure out and I think it sounds they still want to see more it sounds like they're not like thrilled with the situation yet like if cam wasn't able to go i don't think it'd be like you know what i feel great about who's going out there just based on the comments that doesn't what it sounds like coach would have said like still need a little bit of work got a lot of time to go he mentioned this is four spring practices they're in now of 11 that's a lot of time to be able to work on things guys get better increase and sounds like they've already made progress since the very first spring 
spring practice even. So I think that part of it is a very encouraging overall. I will say the one thing I just, just reading the tea leaves, if coach Witt said the number one objective this spring is to get that solidified, that being the quarterback room, I got to believe that this is that cams availability for game one is still very much up in the air. And of course, I guess you're like, well, yeah, he's still recovering from ACL surgery, but obviously if they were feeling great about his availability, I don't think they would, they would say the same thing. So this just further hammers home. The fact that cam is a massive, as big of a question mark as you can make for the first game. And based on comments like that, I mean, it makes me lean more towards, we won't see cam. I think it's hard to tell from an ACL injury this far out, like where they're, where you're at in recovery wise, because it's always fluid. You can change guys improve. There's different things that go into recovery, but either way, like I said, I, based on if we hear more quotes like that, like that's the number one objective, that's obviously high priority. Like you don't think that your guys, the guy who's going to be the starter when October and November rolls around. If you don't think he's going to be ready for your first couple games, then obviously the most important position on the field is quarterback. You got to get that resolved and figured out. And that does sound like they're operating with a little bit of urgency when uh, you hear like that. Um, the media also, I believe it was Josh Furlong who did ask coach Witt. So what are you looking for in the quarterback who's going to end up being quarterback too? And he talked about, uh, for, first of all, we know coach Witt has a defensive background. You could just tell the differences in how he talks about a quarterback versus I think like an offensive mind is someone like Lincoln Riley will now, obviously the same principles apply, but it's obviously a couple things that, uh, Lincoln Riley, I think he would, he would want from his quarterbacks a little bit more. We just see the way Caleb Williams plays, takes a lot of risks, makes a lot of risky throws. I just can't imagine coach Witt would love the throws that Caleb Williams would make if they were practicing all those things. But coach Witt's number one thing, which once again, fits with the guy with the defensive background, when talk about what he wants his offense to do is taking care of the football. Don't turn it over. Obviously that's a huge thing. Something Cam Rising does a really good job of overall. Has he had games where he's turned it over the Oregon game, the UCLA game a little bit last year? Yeah. But I think about the games against USC where he puts the team on his back and doesn't put his defense in bad positions by turning it over. So that's a big one. Move the chains. Of course, get us in the end zone. We know how big on coach Witt is on, Hey, when you get in the end zone, you got to convert last year. It was a huge thing because Utah didn't trust their kicking situation. You hope it's better with Cole Becker. As we mentioned, he's been able to hit a couple from long distance, but he does have a couple doinks to his name as well. So interesting to see if Utah's kicking situation is resolved come fall. I still feel good about Becker, but we'll see if the Utah kicking curse lives on. That is in plagued this program for the past few years now, really since Matt Gay left, honestly. Um, I think another thing when you're talking about quarterbacks, you're talking about these are the things that Coach Witt talked about as direct quotes for, of the things he listed for the quarterbacks. Leadership, a field, field general mentality, just a guy who would take command and have that presence in the huddle. And this makes a lot of sense because, look, the quarterback is the guy that – you got to know everything on the offense. You got to know what protection you want your your offensive line to be in. You got to know the checks, depending on what the defense comes out in. There's a lot of times, there's so many times you'll see like offense will go in hurry up mode and everything like that. And receiver will be looking like, or a running back or just someone will be looking and they'll be like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And the quarterback has to tell them what to do. So that's where this stuff is all important. The quarterback's the one who delivers the plays. He's talking pretty much every single time, right? So he's the one who's got to fire the guys up, get them to believe that's the leadership thing. We know what an impact Cam has made in a leader on this team. It's something that as soon as he took over for Charlie Brewer, the Utah football culture basically changed from there. I mean, it's been incredible the last two years, the success that Cam is, Cam and the rest of this group have guided to. And it doesn't happen without Cam and his ability to galvanize and lead the guys. You can tell just how much the offensive linemen and everyone love blocking for Cam. That's a special thing when you have that kind of bond with your quarterback. And that's obviously something that doesn't always happen because like we said, it just didn't work out that way for a guy like Charlie Brewer. So that's obviously very important, as we said, to be able to take that command, have that presence, gain the respect of everyone in there because 
got to gain the respect of 10 guys basically and be ordered to be able to lead them. So that's very important. The last thing he mentioned, my favorite thing, the it factor. It's something I've mentioned before with guy like Nate Johnson. I believe Nate Johnson has the it factor. I'll say in the limited practice reps I've seen of uh, Brandon Rose, I think he might have it too. I know. And I know a lot of you guys have been on the Brandon Rose train for a while. So I'll give you guys your credit saying he has the it factor and he very well may. And with that, it's going to be really interesting to see who has the it factor. Cam rising absolutely has the it factor. What is the it factor you guys may be asking? Well, in my humble opinion, I would define the it factor as just the guy who makes those special plays in those moments, who makes a dynamic throw, who breaks out of the tackle and runs for the 10 yard. Just like obviously Patrick Mahomes is the it factor, right? The ability to do things we haven't seen before, make those special plays. But when it's the money downs, got to have it plays, the guys who have the it factor step up and rise up. It's why a guy like Caleb Williams we saw win the Heisman last season, the amount of wow plays and throws he made, that's the it factor. Cam rising against USC in both games, that's the it factor. I didn't say Cam rising in the first half against Penn State where he's running for his life and doing everything he can to move the chains. That is the it factor as well. So Utah's got to figure out who their guy is that has the it factor in terms of defining this offense. I think Brandon Rose has it. I think that Nate Johnson has it as well. I think Bryson Barnes doesn't have the it factor necessarily. I would say he does a lot of really good things and can, I think he has moments where he has it plays. I just don't know if he has that factor overall. As I said, that it's not, it's not easy to have the it factor, especially uh, either. It's only a very select few quarterbacks have. That's why I mentioned Cam Rising, Caleb Williams, two of the best returning quarterbacks in the country. So either way, always interesting when we get some stuff from coach Witt about the quarterback battle. And I thought it was very telling once again, that he said, this is the number one objective this springs to get this solidified shows you how important on it is. I think there's sometimes in like last year's quarterback battle, I felt like it was really overblown because look, Cam wasn't really coming in. Yes. He got banged up a little bit in the Rose bowl, but we knew it wasn't anything that was going to keep him out. Come game one of, we even saw him in this. We even saw Cam in the spring game. So this year's quarterback battle much more legit and real to me than it was last year. And, Excuse me. It's going to be very fun to monitor because as coach Witt said, we're four of 11 practices in for spring ball. So we're going to continue to get updates on this battle is going and leaving a little bit of a view at it to end practice for the next couple of weeks. So always interesting to see how it plays out. One thing that's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out is the media rights deal and where Utah is going to be playing their games in the future. If they do stay with the PAC 12, which seems like the most likely option at the moment right now, but it still hinges on this media rights deal. So we're going to talk about where everything seems to be at and if we should be concerned that there hasn't been any updates on the media rights deal in a second. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. The tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to the point spread to which team will be cutting down the net. All on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your chance. And a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up. You guys can bet on the closing games in the NBA regular season. We got March Madness, the men's and women's tournaments, both down to the final four now. Lots of great stuff available for you to get in the action at, at FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All righty, coming back into this one. Let's talk some media rights deal, shall we? It's been a while. It's been a little bit since we've talked about it because we've got spring ball, and that's been the main priority, and things have been quiet on the media rights front overall. There hasn't been a lot of news and movements. All we've heard of is it's done. It's close, but that kind of sounds like when you keep coming to someone and you're like, oh, I heard you're working on like a – I heard you're working on a new mixtape or something like that. Or say like a new video or something. And they just keep saying like, oh, it's done. It's it's closed. I'm gonna, I got it for you guys. Like it's coming. It's, you 
start to wonder, is it ever really going to happen? So I think it's understandable that there is trepidation amongst us, the fans. Now it's like, okay, is this media rights deal going to get done? And I'll say this. Yes, it's still going to get done, but should we be concerned that it's still kind of dragging out a little bit? I would say no, because I don't think the situation has changed at all. And what I mean by that is I think it's the same teams. I I mean, not the same teams. Obviously it's all the PAC 12 teams, but the PAC 12 seems united. That seems pretty clear right now. The PAC 12 seems united. They seem to trust commissioner Klyakov's vision. And I think it's the same TV companies involved. I think it's still ESPN, still Amazon. I think Apple's still wrapped up in a little bit. I think there were some conflicting reports about Fox. I I personally don't feel like Fox is going to end up in this. I feel like it'll be some combination of like the ESPN and Amazon seem the most likely to me just because of Apple's history with, look, they're obviously spending a ton on MLS. We know how the Sunday ticket thing fell apart for them when it seemed like they were the front runner at one point. That was according to the New York Post, Andrew Marchands. But either way, to me, it just feels like this is going to come down to some combination of ESPN and Amazon. But like I said, Apple's still in there and maybe Fox to a lesser degree. So those are the the four that that's not really going to change. I know we had those whole ion reports and everything, but that grouping is going to stay set in what it is. So what's really going on right now? Well, what's it waiting? Well, I'm sure they're working out contract details and maybe there's some other stuff going on too either way, but I do believe this will get done. And the situation I compare it to is another one that is something that resolves the game of football, but not at the college level at the NFL level. I compare it to what the jets and Aaron Rodgers are kind of doing right now, where they're both just kind of waiting on each other and they're, what they're waiting is to figure out the compensation and everything. Look, the Jets want Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers wants to go to the Jets. The Pac-12 teams want to play on ESPN, and I think going to streaming could be appealing for them too. ESPN wants those late-night games. Amazon would like to offer some package of college football games, and the only Power 5 really left to get at is the Pac-12. So to me, once again, it's just like the Jets and Aaron Rodgers situations. They want, they want to make it work. I believe they're going to find a way to make it work. So I, in the end, I feel like this is going to get done. And I still think those late night games have a lot of value. So I still feel like the media rights deal is going to come in very close to what the big 12 is. If not very close, I think you could easily see each school still getting that 30 million mark. That was desirable because I said those late night games have value, especially this year. This is a great year for the PAC 12 to be in those negotiations. I know these, this doesn't take effect until the future, but. I'm just saying, I think there's a lot of excitement around when you're talking about Amazon and some of the primetime games they could have in the future, ESPN. But like, this is a year where the Pac-12 is going to be on the up. There's going to be so many games, which I don't have the schedule in front of me right now. So if I butcher some of these, I'm sorry. But like, we know Utah, let's just talk about the Utah games. Utah versus USC, must see TV. Utah versus Oregon, must see TV. Utah versus Washington, must see TV. Utah versus Oregon State, yeah, that doesn't maybe carry as much national cachet. If you're a college football fan who loves college football, you're going to want to be there for Utah versus Oregon State. That's going to be a fantastic game. But like we said, USC versus Washington, Oregon versus UCLA is always fun. Oregon versus Washington. And I'm like I said, I maybe, maybe one of those matchups isn't happening this year, but either way, like those are matchups. Everyone's going to be watching. They're going to see they have star power. They have guys with the it factor to connect it to what we were talking about earlier. Those are going to be major marquee games. People want to see, which is extremely important in this whole discussion. So, once again, I, I do think that this is going to get done. I think there's value for both sides. Obviously, the Pac-12 wants to have their games on ESPN, on somewhere, a streaming service that has the cachet of an Amazon, let's say. So they want to get that done. And both those networks for ESPN, they want to fill that late-night spot with Power 5 football games and high-profile Power 5 football games because the teams that sit in the Pac-12 right now, yes, USC and UCLA are going to be gone. 
Washington football's on the up. Oregon football's on the up. Utah football's on the up. Colorado's on the on the up. I mean, we just start locked on the network. Just we just started a locked on Buffs podcast. You guys should see how much that podcast is boom just because of all the excitement and energy around Deion Sanders already. And look, and they're doing a great job over there too. But I'm just saying, like, there's so much hype and excitement around Colorado. Like they're only trending up. I think Arizona State is heading in the right direction. There's a lot of schools. UCLA, um, or UCLA is leaving. This is what I mean. But anyways, a lot of schools heading in the right direction. Those late night games perform very well historically. Those streaming services, whether it's Amazon or whether it's Amazon, Apple, or just ESPN wanting to have those games on, they want those games to be on. The Pac-12 wants their games on a high-profile networks or just major streaming services. This is going to get done. I really do believe that at this point. I do think Utah is going to stay in the Pac-12. I don't think this is something anymore where it is like, well, what's the best option? We're going to get out and go somewhere else and see because we feel like it's somewhere else. I think that would the only one that would really be right now for Utah obviously is the Big 12. And I'm, as I said, I feel like the numbers are going to come out to comparable now. We've been talking about this being done for a while. Hopefully the next time I'm bringing it up, we're talking about a complete mini rights deal. But either way, it's not a matter of if it gets done, but when, and I think when it gets done, the numbers will be very appealing to and very pleasing and surprising to some people that had really negative things to say about the Pac-12 at one point. I know I personally was really concerned at different points overall too, but I'm feeling good about the situation. So it'll be interesting to watch and see how it all plays out. We're going to come back and talk about some major news about a former Utah player and a current Utah player who announced they're coming back to the university in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at UCCU. UCCU opened a new branch in Vineyard to celebrate. UCCU is giving away a 2023 Kawasaki Tier X4 Tier X4 UTV. The new branch offers all the benefits of a UCCU branch, multiple driver planes, 24-hour ATM, and UCCU's brand new interactive teller machines, or ITM for sure, which provide all the benefits of meeting with a real UCCU professional, either in the branch or right from your vehicle. It's a virtual connection to a remote teller with a highly personalized audio and video connection. So celebrate with UCCU. Enter to win that 2023 Kawasaki Terry Times, or excuse me, X4 UTV. Once again, 2023 Kawasaki Tier X4 UTV. Enter to win once again in the U- stop by UC's new branch in Vineyard. Winners will be announced in April, but the entry deadline is March 31st. So you guys have just days left to enter to win that 2023 Kawasaki Tiri X4 UTV. You can stop by UC's new branch in Vineyard or enter to win at uccu.com. Hurt, you don't even have to be a member of UCU to enter, and there is no purchase necessary. So there's no secu- excuse for you guys not to get in on this great os- offer. UCCU, love where you bank. All right, coming in to close this one out. First, let's talk about some major news for a current Ute, and that is the Utah women's basketball team because Alyssa Peely is looking like is going to stay. We just got – it came out that the WBA came out with their list of college players who have declared for the 2023 WNBA draft. It does not include those still playing in the Final Four, but guess who's not on that list? There's a couple of Pac-12 players, a couple from UCLA, a couple from USC, but there is no one – I believe there was someone from Stanford as well, but I'm trying to look at the list now and on air anyways, but there is no Alyssa Peely on that list, which is absolutely fantastic. And why is that fantastic? You might ask because anytime you can return the reigning PAC 12 player of the year who just helped who was probably the biggest reason in terms of if we had to design, look, this is a team, Lynn Roberts, everything. But like, if you had to, who's this team's best player? It was Alyssa Peely. So it's great that she's going to come back. She Peely had a monster season. I mean, 20 points, Five rebounds, 2.3 assists, the averages, a steal, nearly a full block, 
Shot 59% from the field, 79% from the free throw line, 42% from three. Was an absolute bucket down low. Did a great job using her size and strength to her advantage to even score on some of the bigger players in the Pac-12, like the some of the players on Stanford. I mean, so just incredible stuff. I believe I saw stats. She was the first player since Brittany Griner to average over 30 points through two games in the tournament. So just incredible stuff from Peely. And this Utah women's basketball team was incredible this season. And they were so young. Peely is a junior. She'll be a senior this coming season. And look, Utah didn't have a senior day this past year. So that already, already kind of showed you where Peely was probably leaning. I think this was this past year was incredible for the Utah women's basketball team. I think they'll get even more support from, let's say, the fans. Because look, a lot of you guys showed up from the start. But there were a lot of us who kind of came, came along too and went to the games later on in the season that when we really could tell this team was going to be special too. So I think that it's going to be a great atmosphere. They have even a better chance to make a final four run next year, because look this year we were not coming. We were coming in with, let's see what they can do. Make it to the tournament. All of that. No one expected Utah women's basketball, at least that I talked to, to earn a two seed in the NCAA tournament, to not lose a game at home, to be co-Pac 12 champs in a conference. That's as hard to play in women's basketball as the Pac 12 too. So once again, just great news for Lynn Roberts in this program that Alyssa Peely is back and the youths have to be considered one of the, three or four favorites i imagine to win to make they got to be in the top four for next season because they return everyone i think of i was going to lose um caitlin clark i believe like south carolina is going to lose a lot of their talented players um so it's just one of those things where things open up i think utah women's basketball has a great chance to be right in the mix of the championship which would be a lot of fun this time next year for talk about utah women's basketball in the final four and with Alyssa peely coming back that is firmly on the table one other piece of exciting news that we got from uh, our friend of the show, KSL Sports' Michelle Bodkin, said that Bam Oleseni reported that he is going to be trying out for a WWE event for WrestleMania. The tryout's going to be in Los Angeles. So he is trying out, WWE is trying out 26 women and 24 men through the week to see if they would offer them a contract. And Oleseni's name is on the list. Look, Bam, I think he's would be outstanding at this. When you're talking about Bam Oleseni, you're talking about a huge presence that would make perfect, I think, for the WWE, just from the little interviews and things we've gotten of him. I think he's got the personality to be able to do this as well. And as I said, with WD, we obviously have to have a big physical persona and uh, have that have that just kind of stature to be able to make people believe like, okay, you you could beat people up out there. And uh, I think Bam Wilson, he could, uh, could definitely convince people of that. So best of luck to him as he tries it. I think it'd be awesome to see a former Ute in the WWE. So best of luck to Bam Wilson in his tryout. And Hopefully he nails it and awesome that he's gotten this opportunity to go in and do that. So it's going to be interesting to see how all of that plays out. That is going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Utes. But if you guys are in the market for a second listen every day, we recommend you check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, where Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you know on and off the court. Plus, you can hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. With that as well, make sure you guys tune in because... They're having a ton of Final Four coverage coming up for you on Locked On College Basketball, and so great that we got the Final Four basically here by the time you guys are listening. It's two days away from Saturday night, which is, I know, the first round of the tournament is always the best, but, I mean, there's something special about the Final Four, too, especially this year when you got so many crazy teams and everything in the mix. And just a reminder, when you can get these teams that are so many five seeds, four seeds, I think there might be an eight seed, too, um, maybe even 11. Either way, I'm, that's obviously too many teams at this point, but higher seeds making it. Just more of a reminder, if Utah men's basketball 
gets everything together. All it takes is that one season where everything clicks. All you do have to do is find a way to get in the tournament, and all of a sudden you can make a run and find yourself in the Final Four. That's what makes March Madness so great and fantastic is these unlikely stories. And compared to last year, we had all the blue bloods of Duke, North Carolina, Villanova, and Kansas this year. We don't have any blue bloods. I guess maybe some people would say UConn, but look, UConn was down for a long time until Bobby Hurley is just kind of now started to uh to or excuse me not, not Bobby Hurley obviously but um his brother uh, Dan Hurley is and now started to finally bring them back up but either way it's going to be fun to see how it all plays out on tomorrow's lockdown you I have Jake Hatch on we'll be talking some things about the offensive line and a couple of our other takeaways from the early viewings of spring ball we've been able to see so far but that is going to do it for this edition of locked on use so thank you guys again for joining us and we'll see you tomorrow <laughs>